Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican Podcast, a podcast brought to you by the wonderful people of Grasshopper for all your medicinal or recreational cannabis needs. We got you. Join the Emo Brown Social Club, get your card, get your discount. A lot of questions on how to get that card. Hit the link in our bio, go to emobrown.com, get it done over there. A man of the community today, man. A man who carries a lot of weight in the South Bay. And these are all things that I've heard. And, and it, it, we were on a crash course eventually, me, compita. Ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable El Vato de Badiraguato, el compita Adolfo Daniel Jaramillo. Hey, gracias. Thank you for having me this, this, uh, this session. Thank you. Bro, and it's crazy because you're older than me. You, you told me you're, you're born in 74, I'm born in 79, so that's five. Math, make you carry the one, carry yeah. the two. Blah, blah, blah. That's five years, yeah. you know? I've never met you, nope. I've, I've, you know, and, and I've heard about you, but I never knew the name, you know, and then it's weird because as I've gotten older in this community, you know, now everybody tells me, oh, dude, yeah, Sonny Jaramillo, the mayor of the South Bay, Sonny Jaramillo, he runs South San Diego, boom, 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 all of these things. You've known my family, yes. you know, my family from Villanueva, my, my cousins, Dearly. you know, you, you, you are a story where you grew from the 92154, you know, not the greatest of places to grow up and, and, and build and create something on yourself. Obviously, there's always an opportunity to make that happen if you apply and you follow the right path and, and you believe and you work hard and strive, you'll get to your goals. Amen. Si tienes la meta, you'll make it happen. That's right. It's not the easiest of, of places to start, you know? So you are like that beacon of hope. And I feel like we were talking before and we were talking about my cousins because I always love hearing about my cousins. Amen. Wisconsin, you know, um, I, 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 of that family, you know, I have four cousins in that family. Three of them have passed away. And, and, and you know, they lived that lifestyle. It was, it was a hustle mentality first. And, you know, we, we talked about that. So what I'm alluding to is it's a hard upbringing to get to where you got. Amen. To get to the top, bro. You, you know, we, we joked around. Oh, yeah, I was right. a, in, in junior high. I was ASB right. president. And then, you're like, and then in high school, I was, as a senior, I was ASB president. You know, and then I went to USD. I got my degree in sociology. And then I, I, I stayed there for graduate school. I got a master's in education. That's right. And now, you know, and along the way, you were a Padres clubhouse manager. And, you know, and fucking, we'll talk about who was at your graduation, bro. Right on. Okay, you said El Toro, El Trevor right. Hoffman, That's right. you know, and then my cousins That's and right. all those other, all those other hustlers from, from San Isidro. It's a beautiful day. So, dude, your fucking story is awesome. And, I, and, I, and I'm hoping, like, you know, I can connect you, like, to, to my mom and my dad. Because, you know, the, my cousins, uh, Angel Alfie and Alejandro, they, they all, you know, they all grew up with us. My cousins, Amen. my older cousins, I looked up to them. You know, they got me in trouble and they would get me out of trouble and they make right. sure I stayed on the same path. And, and, it, and, I, and I keep alluding to like our stories yes. always like being parallel because they would tell you about me, right. you know, and I would, right. and, and you know, and then about, oh, my cousin is doing this and with music or my cousin is doing that. And da, da, da. Yes. so they would tell you about me. And then I would just never knew that a guy like you would be involved with guys like them in my family Amen. to ultimately get to where you are and who you That's are. Right. That's right. I think it's a, it's a, it's a true testament of, of, uh, and you shouted out your parents as well. 
So I'm going to shout out my uh, my folks, Sonia and Adolfo Jaramillo, um, for the great example they've uh, they instilled in me, and uh, surrounded by beautiful family from Calexico, the Pedrosa family, the Jaramillo family from Calexico, and so it starts back there. You know, it's uh, it's those humble beginnings with big dreams, mm. um, and uh, we're still living dreams. And so, um, you know, a testament to my parents um, and for the good examples that I had growing up, grandparents, tios, tias. And so, um, you know, then when I get, once I got to, uh, to high school, you know, I had an outstanding uh, high school counselor, Mrs. E- Elaine Leano. Um, then get to USD, had an awesome educa- uh, academic counselor at the EOP office, Educational Opportunity uh, Program with uh, Mr. Michael Austin. And uh, then when I was at uh, USD in my, doing my undergrad from 92 to 97, um, I was also working for the San Diego Padres. Started working there in my senior year in high school at Montgomery. I was 17. How do you get a gig like that at 17, bro? Well, hey, uh, I found out who to write to. I found out that the uh, equipment manager was the person I needed to write to. And so I submitted a little, a little letter um, saying, stating that I would be interested in being a bat boy and uh, sent in uh, my little uh, resume and my little, my little transcript of grades. And I was called in for an interview. I think it was, uh, I think it was February of 1992 at Qualcomm Stadium. Rest in peace. Huh. Jack Murphy. Ooh. Damn. So, you, so when that time... You were the bad boy hanging out at Qualcomm, yeah. picking up the batty helmets, picking up the bats, bringing them yeah. all back. Yeah. El vato. Yeah. So uh, once I got there, it was only supposed to be like a two-year gig. It was only supposed, you know, because they're trying to give bat boys uh, opportunities to, to, to get involved with the organization. But it was a, a man by the, uh, by the name of Tony Gwynn who uh, took me under his wing and took care of me. And, and uh, the rest is history there with the Padres. Uh, and then uh, tied in with uh, Trevor Hoffman. And I mentioned their names. I mentioned Tony and Trevor because uh, aside from my dad and my mom showing about showing me about the work ethic, uh, I got a firsthand uh, look at what a uh, work ethic at a professional level is as well in Tony and, and Trevor. Saw so how hard they go about their business, not only on the field, but off the field. And when the public's not watching and the work that they put in, I had an opportunity to see that. And so uh, a combination of uh, learning uh, at USD and learning more about what it is to stay at a professional level. Um, you know, and Tony Gwynn and Trevor Hoffman, you know, they, those are the two guys who, who uh, took me under their wings and kind of showed me how to be a professional. It's crazy you say that just listening to you talk about that because you are the epitome of it takes a village, you know? You you have, obviously, you have the street smarts, bro. You got that hustle mentality. You're raised in 92154. You're from San Isidro. You're from South San Diego. You know, like, that's hard. That's that's not an easy place to make it. That's not an easy place to go to school. It's weird. We have a lot of same uh, acquaintances, bro. We have a lot of the same friends that I had no idea, you know. And then just listening to you talk to me before and just kind of like a, a via DM. Um, I don't even know how you came across the Emo Brown thing. I don't, I don't know how that even happened. I think but- that was uh, a, a tribute to uh, to uh, Reggie Garcia and uh, Cesar Fernandez. And Cesar Fernandez, nice. And, and then we just started uh, chopping it up. And my brother-in-law, Brian Cording. And, and we just started chopping it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, man, do you know this? Hey, do you know that? And I was like, yes. yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait, so you, you know my cousins? Yes. And like, yeah. And since, you know, 
I didn't have older brothers. Right. My cousins were my older brothers. Awesome. You know, like uh, like I said earlier, they would get me in trouble. Like they, they would give me certain things, and those certain things they would go ahead and then tell on me. Those are, <laughs> those are some awesome big brothers. I tell you what, you know, those are some awesome big brothers. But there was always like a like a, a, a thin veil layer of like what's going on behind that curtain. You know, like I was little, bro. Like I was little, five years. So, you know, if I was like 12, they were 17, right. 13, they were 18. They were already adults, right. you know, doing their thing, whatever. And I, I just knew the love that they would show me, the protection that they would give me. So to be able to talk to one of their contemporaries, one of their peers, somebody that grew up with them, somebody who lived in that, that era, that area, that whole story, mm-hmm. and to see two different like paths that people can take, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, there's a hustle mentality and then you apply that hustle mentality to street smarts. And I feel like you've lived a very blessed life. Amen. Nobody can, not, not nobody, not a lot of people can say Trevor Hoffman and Tony Gwynn, my mentors, aside from my dad, they, right. they showed me, bro, you grew up with these people kind of like taking you by the hand mm-hmm. and showing you, this is how you act in a professional environment. Right. This is how, soak it all in. So, yeah. So that's happening simultaneously as I'm also learning with your cousins. Mm. So, um, and the love that you mentioned that you received is the same love that I received as as a carnal or as a as a as a homeboy or as a friend of theirs. Did they push you to keep it on the straight and narrow? Um, yes, it, mm. there was always uh, encouragement, and uh, it was always love, regardless of uh, uh, where we were all coming from. It was always love and respect and. I just can't get over the fact that, you know, how much love, the, the same love you describe, I'm sure it's yours is a, a bit more, but I definitely understand what you're saying about family and it, how it takes a village. And and I got to shout out my homeboys, you know, um, Mondo Mendoza, uh, Chewy Black Gonzalez. Hey, Chewy Black. Blanco, <laughs> so that's you know, funny because you, 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 you mentioned- Alejandro. Nice. Alfie. The cousins. Yeah. You, you shout out Black, bro. And Compita Black, his cousin is my best friend. Amen. You know, so Gus Gonzalez and Gustavo, his cousin, El, El Chewy, we call him El Black. Right. He's killer go- killer athlete, bro. Yeah. Every, everything he fucking does, Can now I that I hear his stories, like he excels at. And it's funny because Gus and I then- we're the younger generation of what you guys were. Right. We, we, we were like the, the little squinkles just kind of looking up to you guys like, oh, shit, look at these guys. What are they doing? What are they right, about? Right. Get away, kid. Get away. We're, we're over here doing our thing. We, and now, like, I feel like we're all, we're also, you know, when you're in your 40s, right. five years ain't shit. Right. 42, 47. Right. 43, 48. You right. know, it's like that, that ain't shit. No. It's all the same. I love that our paths have crossed yes. and I get to learn more about my cousins. Amen. You know, like I, obviously some of them are gone. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can no longer. So you just kind of give me tidbits and, 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 and pulling back the curtain on like, Hey, your cousin was like this, bro. Hey man, you look a lot like your cousin. Hey, you have the same attitude as your cousin. Yeah. Hey, did you know that your cousins, everything that they did in the past kind of leads to where you are now and the mentality and the hustle is like, that makes me happy. Yeah. You know, that, that for me, that kills it. It's like, it's, it's, it's just the, the cherry on uh, the cherry on top. You know, the cherry on top. I know, I know um, what I learned, you know, from the family is uh, how important it is to uh, set things up for the future. You know, setting up a legacy. Chess, not checkers. Yes. So um, just setting up legacy, you know, um, I think that's, uh, that's always has been uh, uh, a, a push uh, from all of us, you know, even, uh, friends, all my friends. Um, I think it's always important. And I think I'd like to think that 
sometimes my, the, my mentality of always giving back, hopefully that rubs off with some of my friends. And, and I think it has. Um, but aside from, you know, uh, aside from sometimes having, uh, you know, coming across some uh, strange things on the street, you know, love prevails everything. And I'm so glad that I'm here today and I get to experience uh, your love and get to experience uh, the love of the family and, and the love of the community. I think that's, I think that's important, you know? You're a man who gives back, bro. I love to. That's, I was thinking about that on my way here earlier, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a true believer in, in Jesus Christ. So he gave it all. And so I'm just, uh, I'm trying to be a, a, a part of that. Just give everything I've got, whether it's finances or time or guidance or energy or prayers. I'm just trying to give it all back so that uh, I don't leave anything on the table. Currently, you work at Olympian High School. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. How did you get there? How did you procure the position that you're currently involved in? So I was a substitute, I was substitute teaching back in uh, 2007. And like I said, I had a nice, uh, I had an outstanding uh, high school counselor, Mrs. Elaine Leano. Turns out that when I show up to Olympian High School, she's already an administrator. She's an AP at the school. And uh, she says, uh, do you, uh, do you trying to get an education? I was like, yep. Uh, you know, the sub, sub positions, uh, you know, you don't have the benefits and this and that. And at the time I already had, I had my family. So, uh, it was an easy sell. So she said, Hey, you know what? Go to the school district, apply for this job, take this test. Um, and next thing you know, I was, I was hired in, uh, of August of 2008 and I've been there since it's my first and only, uh, education stop. And, uh, I plan to be there for another Eight years at least. Bro, it looks like every step of your life that you've been in, whether it's in high school, college, procuring your master's, starting your professional career, clubhouse manager for the Padres, somebody's been there to open the door and say, hey, bro, come this way. Yeah. Hey, take this step. Yeah. Hey, you want this? These are the, 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 the tasks that you need to complete yeah. in order to get there. Yeah. That doesn't happen. You know, like that doesn't happen to everybody. I, I feel like just listening to you, you walk around with a beam of light on you, man. You're just a positive guy. Like I see you and then it's like, oh shit, th th this guy like lives a blessed life. People are, are out there looking for him. And I was telling you earlier that I, I've had people in here tell me, hey man, you, your, your family's got your back. And I was like, oh, I know. I was like, no, like the family that has passed on. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you, you're surrounded by the spirits of, yes. of your cousins. Yes. You know, like I see them, I feel them. They tell me, I was like, oh, and I honestly, I, I I want to believe in it as much as I can. I want to believe in it, bro. But para mí es tropeza. I have a hard time believing it. I got you. I, eventually, I'm sure something's going to happen. And oh, shit, it's always there. But they always, the, the, the people that I've talked to like, yeah, man, your cousins are there. Your cousins, your family who has passed are there guiding your light. And they're just kind of like leading you down the path. You have that, but in real life, you know, like I have that in, in the abstract sense where mm -hmm. people are guiding me spirits or whatever people have said. You have that legitimately. People grabbing you and saying, "No, bro, this is what you got to do." Right. You know what? You want to you you want to be the president of, uh, right. of Mecha at USD. Right. This is what you got to do. Right. You want to be ASB president at high school. Right. In middle, this is what you got to do. Right. Not only do you have those opportunities, you've cashed in on those pro opportunities, man. Uh -huh. You haven't slept on the chance. No. Somebody opened the door. Somebody knocked on the door. You opened it. Yeah. And then you said, "All right, cool. Let's go. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. You kind of. Uh, and you know, uh, I think it's uh, the drive. You mm. know, I think it's drive a lot. A lot of times, I, I want to, uh, um, and I think that's where 
my a lot of my strength goes into, you know, I try to, you know, uh, persevere in that sense. Um, try to stay gritty, you know, stay, you know, stay gritty, stay, stay, uh, stay, uh, stay on my grind. And I think it's the, uh, it's the drive, you know, cause I think if I'm going to talk about it or if I'm going to, if I'm going to talk about it, then I kind of better be about it. Yeah. 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 I will. I believe I don't talk about it, be about it type yeah. of mentality. I feel like you growing up and the way you did and just in your surroundings, that gives you an advantage. We we're talking about that. I mean, it's like, imagine going to USD and becoming from the 92154, coming from South San Diego, bro. Right. You know, that mentality that you bring to that right. experience, you know, like going to USD, it's a whole different world from where you came from. Right. You know, and I feel like you just having that, you you, you have school smarts, obviously. Right. You, not anybody, you can't bullshit your way through an education. You know, you got to apply yourself. There's 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 things that need to be accomplished for you to get those degrees, bro. You know, your thesis, your, your, your master's, Amen. you know, there's things that need to be accomplished. So I feel like you, your kind of persona, your kind of person, person that makes it and, and takes the most advantage of it, you got to have a little bit of that street smarts. Mm. And I feel the street smarts is probably for you is what separates you. I don't have the street yeah. smarts. I'm very, you know, I'm very fortunate as you were, you mentioned that, you know, your parents were from a good place. They, they both had very good careers and yes. they gave you the opportunity to grow and take it right. to the next level. I did too. Right. You know, thank God. Not everybody right. in my family did, exactly. but I did. Yeah. My sister and my dad and, and my, and myself did. Our, both my parents always worked, you know, so I was raised by my yeah. tias and my abuelita because yeah. both my parents work. And, I don't have that street grit that you have. I just have it vicariously through my cousins. I just always saw them. I was like, oh, okay, that's what you do. Oh, all right. And my dad always like messes with me. Miko, no, they're going to take advantage of you. You don't have the, 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 the street mentality that I was like, I, I've got enough to make it work. Right. You know? And you know what? You, you, you're bringing up an incredible light. I've never, I've never looked at it from that perspective. You're shedding light on something that I have never really shined light on. Uh, you mentioned the, um, just the street smarts and, um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of, and that, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what like Tony Gwynn, uh, gravitated towards about me. That's what Trevor Hoffman kind of gravitated, gravitated towards, uh, uh, to me about, uh, even Mike Austin at USD. Um, cause maybe they knew I came from a humble beginnings. A, yeah. And a different perspective, you know, and they respected that. And they know I was, I was trying to be a hundred. I've always been trying to be a, I try to do things at a hundred and, um, and they respected that, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll just give you an example, you know, like Tony Gwynn, you know, um, man, you know, he also came from humble beginnings and, uh, understood somebody like myself and, um, uh, what I was trying to do or what I was trying to accomplish. So, my, I tip my hat off to TG19 for, for understanding uh, a young man from 92154 who was uh, trying to make a difference. That helped you ultimately, bro. Yeah, man. So you're still at Olympian High School. What do you, what yeah. do you currently do there, Heffin? So uh, I started, uh, I'm a campus assistant. I mm -hmm. uh, started there in August of 08. And uh, I'm still there. And I plan to be there as long as I can. Campus assistant. Tell me a little bit about that role. So that's, uh, let's see, uh, it's a, it's a paraprofessional, it's a paraprofessional position, classified position through the Sweetwater Union High School District. And, um, we are the eyes and ears and the accessories for the administrative uh, team on site. So we assist, uh, the, uh, assistant principals 
and the principal. And if I needed to uh, kind of uh, give a description of what I do, um, it's uh, I try to keep in, in the, my philosophy, the way I approach my job is I try to keep a uh, safe and um, secure campus so that students don't have to be on a uh, survival mode. Because I figured, and I learned that when I used to work for the Padres. When I worked for the Padres, I made sure that uh, I took care of X, Y, and Z, A through Z, uh, so that the guys uh, in the big league clubhouse, all they had to worry about was playing baseball. Uh, I would take care of... You, you know, remove, remove all the obstacles and have, and have people just focus on their task at hand. Right. Bro, right. How long were you the clubhouse manager? I was there for nine seasons. Nine seasons, yeah. bro. Jesus yeah. Christ. What does that entail? What does a clubhouse manager do? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Sounds like it encompasses a lot of things. Yeah. It's uh, primarily we, we, uh, we're in charge of all the uniforms, the laundry, and the transportation of the equipment to and from the different cities. Um, and so it's just keeping track of all the equipment for the team, you know, in the clubhouse, whether we're at home or on the road, it's a matter of... Um, keeping the clubhouse um, in good shape, um, staying on the grind and, and knowing how to move, knowing how to move in a professional clubhouse. And I think that's also got, I also learned how to move in a room was learning how to move in a clubhouse because obviously you got, you know, millionaires, lock, personalities, a, lock, a locker room, a locker room full of guys who have different approaches to their professional game. And I need to, I needed to learn each each of their approaches, especially the superstars. Bro, that is an understatement because, yeah, these these guys are upper echelon, top tier in their profession. You know, so, they're, 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 there's not that many positions available right. in the in Major League Baseball. Uh, so I just needed to know how to move, when to intercede, uh, when to interact, when not to interact, know what room to walk into, know what room not to walk into. So there's a lot of that etiquette. And I think that also translates that to my current job as a campus assistant. Uh, now my big league ball players are, my, are, are the students on campus. And so so uh, the students on campus, I try to, I try to uh, help them in any way I can so that they can focus on their studies and, and feel, uh, feel safe and have a safe learning environment for, for their high school education. You started at the age of 17 at working with the Padres organization. And you yeah. said you worked nine seasons. So it took you through from senior year till you finished graduate school, pretty yeah. much. Well, I was there, let's see, it was uh, 1992 uh, was my first season. And uh, I think I worked there. I worked with the Padres through the uh, 2001 season, I think, is when I was my last uh, season. So, uh, um. Yeah. No, I was I was still in my early 20s, maybe early to mid 20s. I was in like in my mid 20s um when I decided to uh step away from the uh from my position. I actually uh I I had a bad injury in my back. I couldn't perform how I wanted to, so I think uh I I I just stepped away from the game for the same for that purpose. It almost felt like a big league ball player, you know like when they when they blow out and sometimes they can't come back. Like that's kind of how, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how it happened to me. What could have you have grown uh, that career into being a clubhouse manager? What ultimately was the next step in, in that profession? I could have moved into the front office, Okay, but again, uh, 
a little bit of uh, my street mentality kicked in at that point in that, in the sense that I felt that if I were to have moved to the front office, I was going to be asked a lot of questions about what was happening in the clubhouse. Oof, and mole I, mentality. They were going to have you to rat on. And I didn't want to. No, pues no. I didn't want to put myself in that position. You knew where your allegiances were. So to this day, you know, I'm in touch with all the 1998. Uh, Los campeones. Champions, yeah. We're on a text thread. And so uh, it's just fun, you know. How did they react as a side note? How did they react to this season? Oh, to this season? Yeah. Uh, they were already kind of, I think uh, on Sunday, I think Arky Cianfranco put out a text just with all those crazy scenarios that were going to happen. Like if so and so, this team won, they're going to have a one game playoff if there was a four team tie. So I think the guys were more excited. They didn't, they didn't really comment much on the, uh, on this year's team as much as they were commenting on the scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, man. So it's a uh, it's it's a brotherhood. I don't like, doubt it. Nine seasons. I mean, yeah. that's 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 nothing to sneeze at, bro. That you are an intricate part. You came in, you brought your 1998 National League Championship ring, bro. Yes. So yes. obviously, the clubhouse manager bring they get rings. Yeah. I had a tengo un compa. He went to Benita High School. Um, compita David. Amen. He uh, worked as a international scout with the Boston Red Sox. Nice. You know, and he did his things. And, and just now, some of the players that he's scouted and, and brought forth to the table nice. are, are, are making their way into the, into the big show, bro. And, and anytime there's one, you know, hey, I, I got that guy. I signed this guy. Nice. I did this guy. They bet this guy. This guy, and it's like, oh, you, Luis Udia, Udias. No, man. And like, he would give me all, he gives still to this day, like, gives me all the lowdown, all the information. Um, David Tapia, he brought in his uh, Boston Red Sox World Series champion ring, nice. bro. So I'm like, shit. Look at me, surrounded by nothing but big old ring droppers so got, over here. So he got the first place ring. This is the second. That's the second place ring, dog. Ring. First the worst, second the best, as my <laughs> children always say. <laughs> that is awesome, man. For me, you know, I, I don't know if it's a South Bay thing. Mm. Baseball and soccer, sports. It, it's like, it's second to none. I mean, like those, those kinds of athletics, it's like, we go heavy. I mean, look at, uh, you got uh, the Tijuana Cholos. Mm. You know, and Los Toros. Los Toros. You got uh, the kid from Eastlake that just got drafted this mm -hmm. year. Uh, yeah. He uh, went to the Red Sox. Marcelo Meyer. Meyer yeah. And you had Adrian Gonzalez. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's. Uh, Juel Sumaya. You, you know, know, like, there's a, there's a lot of people. Lorenzanas, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Benji Gill. El Benji Gill. You're bringing up old you school know. names, bro. You talk Eva about Loaiza. El, Lo El Loaiza también. You talk about uh, Tijuana yeah. and baseball. Oscar I just, Robles. I, Oscar Robles. I just received a text. Ask him about managing a team in Tijuana. Ooh, yeah. Damn, I'm as soon as I told people wow. that you were coming in, like, I swear, bro, I'm starting getting texts. Ask him about this. What? Ask him about that. What? What team did you manage in Tijuana? So it was the Toros. So. <laughs> so the, the, the first year that the Toros came in, uh, Alberto Uribe Mayoterema, he's, I think he's from Guaymas. Um, not Guaymas, I'm sorry. He's from... Uh, He's from, he's from out of the state of, uh, uh, outside of uh, Baja California. So when he came to, uh, he owns all the gas mart in TJ. Um, so when he, the potros that were already in, they had already kind of disbanded the potros a little bit. So then the plaza was open. The field was there. So I think uh, Alberto Uribe um, moved in and, uh, was starting to uh, start a team. What so year was this? This was uh, 2004, 2005. 
So his his first uh, hire was the manager was uh, Carlos Hernandez. Uh-huh. He was a catcher yes, for the sir. Padres. 98. So then Carlos reached out to me. He's like, hey, uh, I'm, and at the time I was already done working with the Padres. And uh, so Carlos reached out. He's like, hey, uh, I'm going to be managing uh, the team in Tijuana. Uh, what do you think about you coming down here and kind of, uh, you know, doing the equipment thing and setting up the clubhouse and kind of setting the precedence on, on travel and, and, uh, opening everywhere you go, bro. Every, so, every step in your career door is just so, like somebody's opening it and, and welcoming you yeah. into it. So the Toros, you know, they, they had that inaugural season they had a great time. And then I think, um, they hit a little hiccup there. You know, there was, uh, there was some, uh, some other individuals or other potential owners who wanted access to the same field. Uh, I think the Potros wanted to come back in action, the Toros. So there was like, at one point there was going to be two professional teams on one field. And so it just turned out that um, I think the, the Toros got pushed out a little bit for like a season or two. And then um, most recently, you know, Alberto Uribe came back in and, and the rest is history. You know, I remember cause I just, you know, the Toros, Oliver Perez, you know, Ali. Ali, I remember when he first came to the Padres. Um, Young. Yeah, he was like, I think he was like 20 yeah, years Yeah, 2021. So they- Culiacán, Sinaloa. So the, the Padre Clubhouse, at the time I was already out of the clubhouse, but they reached out to me. Hey, you know, there's this new kid from, from Mexico. You know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't speak too much English. What do you think about kind of showing him around? So I showed Ali Perez around for a little while, his, his, his uh, rookie year. Good dude. Yeah, good dude, good dude. Um, uh, he was young, you know, and and he was electric, you know, and then so, um, you know, he played it. He did his thing at the Padres, and 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 now he is, you know, however many years now later, you know, I'm thinking what, twenty years later, 19, still pitching, bro, still throwing. That's you know awesome. So, didn't uh, he left these? Shout though? out, shout out to uh, shout out to uh, Oliver Perez. Congratulations on that championship. Es cierto, otro yeah. campeón, puros campeones, bro. Bro, here in the South Bay, I'm telling you, there's some sort of, there's something in our water. Yeah. I don't know if it's a beer, I don't know if it's a water or tortillas, but we have a lot of athletes that springboard from down here. Yeah. You know, even in soccer, Paula Riola, he, he took it to the next level. Corona. El Joe Corona, bro. I mean, real talk, we had, this is like a hotbed for, for athletes to come out of. And it, it makes me proud. It makes me like ambitious to like kind of, focus more. And, and, and it's something I need to do more now. My kids are getting older and, and they want to do it. You know, I never want to be that dad that forced them into it. Right. You know, I always want to be that, si lo quieres hacer, let's do it. You know? Right. And now they're starting to say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to, I want to golf or I want to play soccer. I want to play baseball. It's like, cool. Now we get in. Now we start doing it. I'm, I'm hopeful like these Heck kids yeah. like it and I can push them into that right direction and be like, Hey, this is what it takes. You, you don't know, but you're from a place in, in, in San Diego where there's always, there's going to be eyes. There's going to be eyes always looking, so there's an opportunity. Yeah, we, we have the weather. We have the weather to play. Uh, Year-round. Year-round. You know, we got the weather for, for baseball. Like I heard uh, I heard the other day, I think it was uh, Sunday or maybe even Monday, it was like National Golfer's Day. Was like, <laughs> National Golfer's Day. Well, it turns out that, you know, in some states, that would have been the last day to play golf in some of these other states, mm -hmm. you know, whereas... 
you know, the PGA is looking at Southern California. As, we don't stop playing golf right. here, bro. Exactly. Do you play golf? I do. Eso. Oh, man. Do you play with black or not? I have. All right. We, we'll have to link up, man. Okay. The, the, the younger generation against the older guys, Ooh, bro. Aquí okay. yo y el Gus contra ustedes. Oh, God. Yeah, man. If it's one thing that we do get into a lot is golf. We love golf. Awesome. We have a Wednesday, Thursday game uh, at Nasty. Get quick little nice. nine holes at Nasty. Get in there, get out, and go on with the business of the day. And you know what's fun? It's awesome you bring up Gustavo because... Uh, you know, and you bring up uh, Negro, you know, he's, he's always, Negro's always looked out for his uh, younger cousins and has always embraced his younger cousins. And so it just brings me joy that you speak to sit in the same light with your cousins. And, and uh, it just brings me joy that, that Chuy Negro has always been that older cousin for Gustavo as well. It's crazy. Cause I almost feel like it's one of those things that's a prerequisite to be, to, 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 to have younger cousins. Look out for them. I mean, the old saying is always like your your first best friends are always your cousins. Right. You know, they're going to they're gonna put you through some shit, but they're going to pull you out of some shit. You know, they're going to look out for you. They're going to make your life hell, but they're going to, you know, yeah. they're, they're the beacon of light. They're those mentors that you never really wanted for better or for worse. Those are the guys you're going to look up to. I was always the younger cousin. You know, I was, I was always the little guy. So I didn't really have any younger cousins that I could help because right. that, that wasn't my role. My role was always to be the younger cousin and always right. look up and be like, hey, that's awesome. help me out. So yeah, I mean that that that's cool. That's awesome for the families too, because we have three little boys. Yeah. And now they don't have too many cousins, but they have enough cousins where I know that they have that bond, you know? Yeah. They have that same bond and that makes me happy. Oh, I want to spend the night at my cousin's house. Oh, our cousins want to come over and spend the night. And it's like we live in an era now where I ain't gonna let my kids spend the night at like their friend's house. Uh-uh, no way, no thank you. I, I sometimes I look back, I'm like, how my parents let me spend the night at my friend's house? That's fucking crazy. Like now it's like, oh, your cousin's house? Yeah, by all means, go. Go spend the night <laughs> right. there. But if you got friends, like my middle kid was asking me. Uh, can my friend come over and play it? I was like, nail, papa. We ain't getting, no outsider's going to be coming to our house, bro. <laughs> no, thank you, Charlie. So yeah, man, ah, it's so awesome. Just the more we talk, the more layers and the text that I get, the more layers I get to pull back, you know? Because baseball. Yeah. Education. Yes. That street hustle. Yes. Bro. That's life. Presidente de Mecha. That's you know, life. like, tell us a little bit about Mecha at, at the level of like a university. Okay. Like, how, how, do, how do you, first off, is Mecha in all of the universities, private, public, and, and everything else in between? It can be. It can be, de depending if the if the chapter is uh, is, is tapping into the uh, to the bigger organization, to the uh, to the bigger uh, network. Uh, but yeah, going back to uh, I think um, I think Proposition one eighty seven one eighty seven was was hot back then. I Governor think, Pete uh, Wilson. Pete Wilson, yeah. So I think that was uh, uh, the what we brought to to light there at at USD we were given the opportunity to to educate and to and and that and that was the main thing is uh just educating our student body uh about what's happening in the community obviously at USD you know maybe they may back then i don't think they were too very well connected maybe to the border i mean they had a trans border institute but uh, when you got individuals who are growing up by the border and can speak about uh, the dynamics around the border, I think uh, that kind of gives uh, legitimacy to to what we're trying to bring to the table. So uh, we were just trying to uh, bring uh, information, good information, enlighten people, empower people. Uh, we were, you know, obviously USD is a learning institution, so. Um, 
we just felt that it was it was it was important that we educate uh, our fellow uh, student body, and so um, back in back in the early, I would say like even my incoming freshman year, you know, with the EOP program, EOP was an educational opportunity program. So I didn't necessarily get into USD uh, because of 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 my SAT scores or, or, or my, or my, uh, 4.5 GPA. It was nothing like that. It was, I was given an opportunity. I was brought up to the university. Um, and I think the university was also trying to expand their, their multicultural, uh, look. And so, uh, being a private university, they can kind of do what they want to do. But, um, I think that year, they decided to um, to open it up to to locals from San Diego, uh, from underrepresented neighborhoods, and so um, that's all we needed. We just needed that opportunity. Uh, we got you know we had cats coming in from from the Barrio Logan to from you know the outskirts of of Ramona to nine two one five four Los Angeles. So it was almost like the university gave us an opportunity to link all these these individuals up and we just, como dicen, la unión hace la fuerza. La unión hace la fuerza y si se puede. So um, we started to learn more, a lot about, uh, you know, Cesar Chavez and and uh, and his humility and and how he went about his business with uh, uh, nonviolence and... Uh, so we kind of took that to uh, at a student level, and we started to uh, to enlighten people and educate, and being sensitive to obviously to where we were. You know, obviously we're in a, you know, we were at a school where maybe that's the one percenters. Yeah, right. So uh, we just again uh, working at the same time working with the Padres, going to school at USD hanging out in the neighborhood. It was that, it was all of that that created, <laughs> fucking crazy, bro. that created uh, that dynamic. What was the reception for uh, the initiation of Mecha USD? It was, um, it was, uh, it was, uh, that was a hot time. It was hot. And I don't want to say it was a challenge because obviously if it was a challenge, we accepted that. Uh, we just wanted to make sure things were being said well, the things were being uh, printed correctly because the school obviously had a uh, uh, a newspaper and and we wanted to make sure that the information that was being put out to the students that it was accurate and we were kind of the whistleblowers on campus you know what I'm saying we were like hey nah that's not how it goes down or that's not what's happening and so then we started to link up with uh, the other mechas around San Diego San San Diego State Mesa College City College and so. Um, once they, you know, once the other chapters realized too, where we were coming from and we were trying to do, uh, we got a lot of support from, uh, Mecha Central, which is, uh, the hub. That's pretty cool, for, man. Uh, for the, uh, Mecha organizations. That is awesome. Yeah. It's pretty that, cool. That, Cause imagine man, being the front runners and creating that at USD in a time where things are, yeah, they're, 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 they're a little hot. 
They're, they're not not but, everything is. But I think the university was looking for that too. Yeah. Because it sounds like it by opening the door and right. the opportunity and, and offering these right. these chances. And fortunately, you're one of those guys yeah. that took that opportunity and right. ran with it. Right. What what were people in the neighborhood telling you when you go into USD? What, what, what were people in at the Padres Clubhouse telling you when you're like, hey man, I'm the president of Mecha at USD? Oh, like, are they supporting you? Are they are they like pushing you? Like, don't stop, bro. This is only the beginning. Right. And like in the neighborhood, like I stay away. So I didn't. I didn't really bring too much of my revolutionary thinking to the clubhouse as much as I just brought myself. Um. Yeah, there was a couple of times where you know, if I had to correct a big league ball player who was not from here, say they were from like the South or the Midwest or from another state, not from it's, here. <laughs> it's like nah, like so. I had an opportunity again to 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 enlighten and to educate people in in the Padre Clubhouse. Um, but the reception in the, the reception in the neighborhood, as far as like where, cause it was like, where do you go? USD. You might as well have said fucking Neptune, bro. Cause <laughs> it's so close to, to, to yeah. fucking San Isidro, but you say USD is like, what the fuck is that? So a lot of, you know, a lot of, uh, I want to say, I guess what, what it came down to is that, like all the homies knew that I was, uh, I was getting my education on. And uh, I wasn't severing ties with the neighborhood either. So I just make it a point to uh, keep it 100 at, on all facets. Walking that tightrope. Just uh, living, yeah, walking a, uh, a blessed life. It's so. <laughs> I mean, something, I guess, controversial, bro. Yeah, Currently, you know, with Latinx and Latin and, and, and everything, that, you know, all these new uh, names that they're trying to... Yeah put on, on, on different ethnicities and cultures and, right. you know, in their opinion for better from the old school where you're coming from, from your, your educational past and, and mm -hmm. bringing up and, mm -hmm. and, and leading by example, what are your, what is your stance on Latinx and, and, and that name trying to put labeled on us and where we're at and what we're doing. So I think, uh, I'm generation X, I think, but I think, I think all that stuff has to do with like economy and consumption which doesn't really vibe with our ancestry and how we roll. Um, so, yeah, I think that it just comes, my, my thing is I think it just comes down to spending power is what they're trying to do, label and, and, and put tears on, on the spending power. And, uh, you know, who's spending more, who has a liver, uh, longer lifespan, who's, who's, you know, who's leaning more towards this or more towards that. So I think it's just um, labels that are put on us um, by the uh, society as a whole. Um, I'm not a big fan of labels. Um, so. Yeah, because I, I feel like Latinx right now is the hot button. You know, they want to say, you're Latinx, you're Latinx. And I, and wife and I was like, we're just Mexican. Yeah. And like, I'm Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what I am. That's what I do. Like, if you can miss me with Latino, you can right. miss me with Hispanic, right. you can miss me with this, you can right. miss it. And Latinx is just the newest yeah. one in life. And, and again, I don't, and again, that's probably maybe driven by the census. <laughs> um, and that goes back to, uh, you know, colonization and, and all that stuff. So, um, you know. Just uh, I, uh, like you, you know, I'm not I'm not a big fan of of uh, of dividing people 
or saying, oh, you're them or you're that. Um, nah, man. Like, Refer to yourself to whatever makes you happy. Yeah, man, I'm like, cool with it. I'll, yeah. I'll acknowledge you however you want to be acknowledged. You know, your name is Alolfo. Right. You want to be called Sonny? I'm going to call you Sonny. Right on. You know, like I, I, I feel like in order respect is, is, is the bare minimum when calling somebody by the way they want to be referred right. to as. And I'll do it. I've got no issue with that. Right. You know, you want to be called Sonny and your name is Adolfo? Cool. Right. That ain't no problem with me. Right. You want to call something, you want to be referred to as that next? Cool. Right. That has no bearing on me. That has zero, you know, like, I, I don't care. Like, if that's yeah. what you want to be referred to, not a problem. Right. You know, it just seems that right now there's a lot of pressure. Like, no, this is what you are. This is what you should be. We have to unite. We have to, and I, I try to avoid all that. You know, I try to try to like steer clear of all of those things. Yeah, because, you know, if you go to those things where it says like race, mm. What? Yeah. Bro, it's a crazy what? one because wifey and I always talk about this. Like, what do you, what do we put white? You know, like, well, what are we? Like, we're in the, where's, where's Mexican? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I just wanted to ask an intelligent person. Yeah, no, I wanted to ask I, an intelligent but, person what your feeling is on this. <laughs> and, and I never was able to put a pulse on it because I still feel the same way I felt when I was in third and fourth grade filling in those bubbles. Yeah. I, I don't think it's changed. I would change from, from year to year, bro. You know, like, okay, what am I? Okay, uh, fucking Native American. Okay, boom, Native American. Uh, Hispanic. Fuck, I'm not Hispanic. What, what is this? Fuck is Hispania? You know, like Latin. Fuck, okay, I guess I'm Latin. Yes, Boom. It's fourth grade. Man. It was always confusing. And then it ultimately be like, bro, you're white. You got a feeling that you're white. I'm not fucking white, bro. I'm not, I'm not white, you know? And there's like, no, but that's what you have to fill in there. You have to put that you're white. And then eventually you keep going down and it says non-white. It's like, okay, yeah, non-white Latino. Yeah, fuck, okay, that's what I am. It's crazy. And every <laughs> and every checklist is different. One of my sons is like, daddy, we're Mexican? I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, boy, what's wrong with you? Check on <laughs> He's like, all right, Mexican. <laughs> oh, man. What do you see now, bro? Living the life you've lived, you know? I ain't talked to you forever. Yeah. I want you to put a nice little ribbon on top. Living the life you've lived. Padres Clubhouse yeah. Manager. I'd like to just sit down and talk a bit more about that one day. Of course. About being a Padres uh, Clubhouse Manager. Yeah. But now you're through the eyes of an educator. Through the eyes of a community leader. Somebody who gives back. You know, right. somebody, who, you know, you said you raise money and you give back to local co community. Yeah. 47-ish now, yeah. I feel. Yeah. What is it that you can look back and be like, this is what we all need to do to come together. We should all focus on this. Like, what right. is the one thing you feel like everyone should be focusing on right now to improve? I think uh, serving one another. Serving. Um, serving one another is is huge. Um, and I've learned that from uh, from uh, the lessons of, of Jesus. He came to, to be, he came to serve, not to be served. So... Um, I think giving is, is huge giving, serving, um, you know, they, there's that saying, you know, give your shirt off your back, you know, um, and empowering our youth, you know, we got to become, you know, we got to be, remember that, uh, we're here to empower each other, um, encouragement, you know. There's, you know, because there's a lot of, there's already a lot of negativity out there. So well, as humans, we have a responsibility to, to serve each other, to take care of each other, to respect each other. And I think that would solve a lot of the world's problems, you know, if, um, if we could at least do that in our community, you know what I'm saying? Uh, love on each other. Uh, don't get caught up in the labels. Don't get caught up in the hype. Um, have you ever wanted to parlay this into politics, local politics? 
It's crossed my city mind. council. It's crossed my mind. It's I mean, you're already known as the mayor of South Bay, bro. It's, it's crossed my mind. I don't know if I'm quite ready, or I don't know. I think I think I need to get a. It needs to be in my heart, you know, or I need to get that opportunity, you know, that you were talking about. Someone's and, gonna come along and open that door and for you, bro. Until that happens, you know, well, it'll just be it'll be on the back burner until that opportunity, if that opportunity presents itself. Um, then yeah. Uh, but I think uh, going back to, uh, you know, the answer or what I think might be the answer is is uh, just get close to God. You know, get close to yourself, get close to God, know your heart, have empathy for others, uh, serve others and respect others and respect yourself. Um, the other thing that I've learned, too, is, you know, about myself is I also have, uh, you know, I've been... Uh, Diagnosed with some mental health circumstances. And so I think mental health is important that, uh, that we identify the importance of uh, keeping, uh, you know, our, ourselves healthy mentally. So mental health is important. Uh, let's not overlook that. Often overlooked in our community. Yeah, let's not overlook that uh, only because it's, you know, it's, uh, yeah, totally understand. Totally would know what you're saying. Uh, I almost feel like in our culture, it's almost like, no, mijo, estás bien. Nothing, yeah. You know, it's like, it's almost kind of brushed aside. You know, and, and I don't know the numbers, you know, I don't know the numbers, but I'd like to know the numbers, um, you know, of our prison population and how much, how, how, what's the population percentage of those who are imprisoned have a special needs background, you know? There you go. That's your next project. So. The next thesis by Dr. Jaramillo. Uf, el vato. So. Um, don't judge by, uh, don't judge a cover, uh, don't judge a book by its cover, you know? Um, that rings true more now than ever for yeah. me, bro. Than ever. Yeah. And you know, um, and, 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 and that's so, yeah. And I'm trying to put it in my, in my own perspective, in my own light. I'm trying to think here. Um. It's about that perspective that 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 we have for each other, you know. The I forgot my train of thought. I got kind of a little too deep on that. El vato se perdió. I, I lost my thought, bro, I lost my thought. Let's bring it back with with, with some uh, with with uh, some shit talking, bro. Right, right, right. I want I want to know. Anytime I bring anybody in here that uh, is in a position of like knowing. You know, next next level people, athletes, okay. yeah. musicians, actors, you know, yeah. whatever. Was there any assholes in the ninth season with the Padres? Like, who's the biggest asshole? You ain't got to give names. Yeah. But, like, was there, like, big pricks, like, on those, those fucking Padre teams? Because they weren't always the winning the squads. No. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in my early years. <laughs> Especially in my early years. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was, uh, there were some, uh, there were some hotheads. There were some hotheads on the team. Um, but I think uh, we had good managers in the clubhouse. I think I was under Riggleman. Or no, I started with Rig Riddock, Riggleman, and then Bochi. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about Padres now. The manager has a lot to do with 
with how things go on in the clubhouse. Damn, homie, you're trying to talk about Chase Tingler right now. Is it, what's going on right now? From the eyes of a professional in that in that industry, you, well, what happened to this year's Padres? So I'm not in that clubhouse. I'm not in that clubhouse, but um, I can tell you from experience. Um, the uh, like Bochi, Bochi is a a players manager, so players feel comfortable approaching um, a person like Bochi, whereas maybe sometimes if a manager is not player friendly. Uh, a player might be skeptical about approaching their manager because maybe the manager is going to go tell the GM or the ownership. So I think uh, rapport has a lot to do with, you know, your clubhouse presence. Just like we take it into a classroom, you know, it's all about your classroom management, how you handle your classroom. Same thing in the, in the, uh, in the professional clubhouse. It's how the manager. Just applying these same rules. Manager handling your clubhouse, you know, handling your handling your chickens. You know what I mean, what do the Potters got to do to improve next year? Mm. I'm not gonna go on the manager tip, but I do suggest that I think we need to get um, healthy pitchers mm. and uh, and uh, maybe a horse or two that will take us. Kind of like a '98, we had, we acquired Kevin Brown. We almost had Scherzer this year, but you can think. I think you can thank uh, Scott Boris for that. Pinning teams against teams to kind of make it work, huh? Yeah, you know Scott Boris. Yeah, bro. I can pick your brain about baseball all fucking day, bro. Yeah. We'll save it for the golf course. We'll do that. Or maybe we'll just talk Padres next time. Doctor of education. Come on now. El compita. A pleasure to meet you. Finally, likewise, love you, man. Bro. I look, I look forward to developing this relationship of ours. Thank you. Um, I, I had a blast before we even started the podcast, bro. Listening to you tell me about my cousins, yeah. You know, listening to you like just just tell me stories on, on how they how they grew up. You know, like because I see one side of them. You see, obviously, you see the other side of them. So I, it, it was very. Ah, oh, I felt I felt good listening listening to you talk about my cousins awesome. and telling me stories, bro. Awesome. I appreciate this. Yeah, and now I can go run and tell some of the homies that I know. And be like, yeah, I know Sonny Hanami, bro. That's right. I know him now. That's 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 in, one of my in, homies in an intimate way. In a, yes, I know him now. That's right. <laughs> Silent champion. I appreciate, I appreciate you. you coming on here. It Thank won't you. be the last time, bro. I'm gonna I want to keep bringing you on here as a as a Padre insider anytime and to pick your brain because we got our own foundation here at the Emo Brown Foundation where we raise money and we uh, just chose six candidates for uh, winning a scholarship. You awesome. know, so awesome. so. We're in that mindset, bro. I feel like nobody loses when you're helping other people. Amen. Everybody wins, bro. That's right. Everybody fucking wins when you're doing Sir your best Rodgers. to be your best. So yes. that's that's kind of where we're at right now. Right. And then and then having you come in here and just kind of shed more light on what you do and how we can do is like makes me feel good. Makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing, bro. I'm proud of you. Este way. I'm proud Thank of you, brother. Take it easy. Right on.